Welcome to Tilt Talk Radio. Today we're going to talk about beneficial insects. In our spotlight, we'll look at a partnership with Land between Landa Lakes and Microsoft. In our Ag History Minute, we're going to talk about predatory pest control. Bringing back cool beans, that's corny this week for some current events. And we'll give you a little GDU update to see where we sit with our growing degree units. So with me today are Bill Schomburg. Hey, guys. Max Garvey. What's up, everybody? Todd Schomburg. Hey to all the Tilthies out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. So, yeah, we went from like 90, 90, 90, 90, 90 degree days to yesterday was a high of 68. Still quite humid. Yeah, so no, the humidity, the humidity is, still is still around. But yeah, it's it's definitely backed off a little bit. And even if you remember back, the 10 days showed warm all now yet, 10 days ago. And it kind of, after that one big storm went through, it just seemed like it cooled everything off. So it's, yeah. been, it's been okay. Well, when we get to the GDU update, we'll have to see where we're at. So and We've been we so far ahead, I, I don't yeah. think we'll be too bad. But That's yeah. true. We're, out, we're way ahead in the race, aren't we? Yeah. So. A couple this, days we'll be back, though. Yeah, this weekend is supposed to be... 90, 100 and yeah. index again. Yeah. Nine, 92, I think I saw on Saturday. And they said the real feel is like 103. The <laughs> real feel. Yes, that's Ooh, what gonna, it will feel like. I'm going to try and make cookies outside, outside. this weekend. I'm going to try <laughs> throw it. throw them on the concrete. Good news is I'm going to spend the week weekend, end of the week, towards the lake. So I'm going to be five degrees cooler. Yeah. Mm. So mm. only feel like 98. <laughs> yeah, right, right. At times, awesome. I'm pretty sure that's a myth. <laughs> Um, I know, I know there's been days where we've been down by the lake and it definitely is not any cooler, but sometimes there is days where it's really nice. I'm no longer sitting on the surface of the sun. I am the surface of the sun adjacent now. Yes. It's, yes. it's very nice. Close one, one and one A, right? <laughs> That's right. So. Any tassels popping up? Yeah, I've started to see. Gotta be close, right? Some tassels popping. It's crazy. All right, I heard I heard it two different ways already. Let's settle this debate. Is it tassel or tassel? Ooh, I say tassel. Tassel. I, I say tassel. I say tassel. I think the tassel is that thing on your graduation cap. Yep, that's what I call it. I think I think tassel is if you were farming before 1985, you still call it a tassel. That's what I notice. Like the older generation of farmers, they say tassel more often. Yeah. Okay. Like my grandpa, tassel, tassel, tassel. Guys, let's not get in a tussle. About tassel, ta- tassel versus ta- tassel. Okay. okay. All right. That was Matt's warm up exercise. Now we're ready to continue <laughs> with the podcast. Uh, it wouldn't be a day without Matt coming in with a, a, good, a comment, a good pun. Yep. I know Matt too well. Dad jokes are, are my my jam. Oh, okay. I, I can. I got a good one. I got <laughs> a good right, one already. All right. All right, let's all go. right. What did What did the Buffalo say when he dropped his son off at college? Bye, son. Bye, son. Yeah. <laughs> oh. My friend Chad, I know he's listening, and he, he he always tells me he listens. Chad tells that one pretty consistently. I hear it at least once a week from him, so thank you, Chad, for that joke. One I remember the most from when we were kids is, hey, you want to hear a dirty joke? <laughs> yes. Pig <laughs> fell in the mud. <laughs> Bam. Want to hear a clean joke? Took a bath. Pig took a bath. <laughs> God. <laughs> that one, I just, that's, uh, I always remember that one. Right. It's so bad. All right. One more. One more. Why don't Why don't you pick a fight with a pepper? Because he'll get jalapeno face. Nice. Ooh. 
All right, let's move on. Let's go. <laughs> let's get we're, into it. We're, get, we're losing listeners as yeah. we speak. <laughs> our reviews, <laughs> jokes. Our, rev- our rates and reviews have gone yeah, down substantially. Thanks for all the uh, reviews. We're a five out of five on Apple Podcasts. So yeah. we just so thanks to all five of you. That <laughs> no, reviewed. there's seven people. Oh, seven. All right, seven. But we got five stars. After tomorrow, it'll be one point five. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a total of thirty-five stars. 35 total stars, yes. Yeah. They'll, they'll just hold us hostage. We'll get comments. Can like, we do a total? We'll do a total. If you tell any more dad jokes, rating goes down. We'll yeah. do a, to- a total stars update every week now Ooh, instead like of a that. GDU update. Total stars <laughs> update. <laughs> Not good. We, we max out at five. So yeah. No, total stars. Oh, so, so, so we're so at like we have seven five-star reviews. So we're at 35 right 30. now. All right. I got gotcha. you. All right. Well, let's get into our topic for the day. So we're going to salute... Beneficial insects. We're all saluting so, here. You can yeah, see it. Thank That's you. It's great radio, guys. Keep saluting. Thank you. So we've talked a little bit about some of these over the last couple of weeks as we've talked about IPM. Uh, first one up is lady beetle. And so the beetle and larvae both eat aphids. So not only in uh, soybeans when we see aphids, but alfalfa tends to get quite a few aphids as well. So if you see lady beetles in your field, they're doing you a service, and the adults can eat up to 50 a day. So just think about that over the course of a week. So 50 times 7, 350 aphids per week these guys could eat. I uh, I know like two weeks ago we talked about aphid numbers starting to build, and this week, sweeping hay, I saw a lot of lady beetles and a lot of lady beetle larvae and not a lot of aphids. They went right Right with the cycle we talked about. So as as those uh, beneficials picked up, our our pests really went down. I love it that they call these predators, like that they're, yeah, they're like predator prey, and they're yep. like a predator beetle. But if like, you if you think bad. about what they're you know about the a ladybug, of the insect world. <laughs> like think about the ladybug image that your children have or that you had growing <laughs> up. Like a ladybug is this cute little thing, and it'll have a cup it's of tea a, with you, and you can. It's a ride it's, at the fair, right? And and in in our world, ladybug is the stone cold killer. Yeah. Yeah. Just like no no questions asked, just like. Done. Yeah. So when you're watching the Predator movie, your picture is this uh, Predator's got a little ladybug on yes. his head? Yes. Not, not the bug. The, the larvae are larvae. pretty yes. badass looking. Google up, if you're listening, the ladybug larvae image. They look like mini alligators, and they are just... Yeah, they like they are just, little scorpion tail thing going on. Yeah. Look like they want to just come at you. Yeah. Much more intimidating than the adult lady beetle. Yes. You know, last week, guys, we talked about treating for leafhoppers and all that kind of stuff. Was a little bit disappointed um, yesterday. I was sweeping some fields. We found th- treatable thresholds a week ago. They sprayed. We went back just to sweep, just to you know double check. And uh, it's always amazing after we spray how literally there's no insects in the in the net, no flies, no anything, and of course no ladybugs either. So that's a little disappointing when you have to go out there and and spray. But at the same point, as we talked last week, though, make sure one of the pillars is. You know, how many beneficials do you have out yeah. there? Will those be able to overtake the population or not? I, I thought you, I thought you were going like you went back out to sweep this week and it was, it was full terrible. of bugs. No, yeah. Yeah. no it was it was good. It was clean. But a week ago we did not see many beneficials. So Yep. But it, that's a good point, Bill, because when you when you do take out all the bugs You take them all. If yeah, you take them all. So if the beneficials are slower to repopulate, you may have just as much of an issue. So Yep. 
That's why, like Todd said, make sure you're you're looking at beneficials when you're checking your fields as well. And yeah. and yeah. matching your 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 cutting time, like on hay especially. You know, if your beneficials, you know, they're going to take longer, and you're a long ways away from cutting and all that kind of stuff. Or if you're close to cutting, then it's not as big of a, um, it it you get a better window that way, I guess. Soybeans, it's very important because the soybean aphid seems to repopulate much quicker than lady beetles and lady beetles just destroy soybean aphids it seems like we can hit that you know mark and then those just just mow them so that's good okay all right brilliant business idea lady beetle farm and we sell lady beetles when people have an investation they can buy like you know a tube of like 400 of them you could just go to people's house in the fall when they complain that they're all coming in there pick them off the there we go we'll just we'll just overwinter them and then beetles yeah, yeah, the Asian lady beetles when you get complaints where I was I was at a farm one time and his printer didn't work and he said I got there's bugs in it. Well, when you say there's bugs in something, you think you <laughs> yeah, don't think literally. Computer, yeah, 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 you think it's just buggy. No, literally, he was vacuuming out vacuuming out Asian lady beetles out of the printer. When I was so. when I was in like third grade, I remember they closed down the bottom floor of the school because that was like their windows were all right at the level with the concrete outside, and so the lady beetles were like just. Like pouring through the windows, so I remember like for a week there we couldn't go in those rooms because they had to like vacuum them all. Up. Whatever they did, I don't know if they they gassed the bottom floor of the school and left us in there or what. But yeah, yep. One man's beneficial is another man's problem. So yep, yep. they're beneficial to us. I did see a Dirty Jobs episode once where it was a maggot farm. Who they selling them to for fishing and Ugh. maybe you could do that, Max. Could there be you your go. ladybug farm for get micro out all there. All right, I just need some investors. Possibly you. You guys, what do you think? Invest in my lady beetle farm? You just, just got to make sure that your beneficial ratio is higher than your pest ratio. Make sure you're not so, adding pests when you're adding the, the lady beetles. The, the next time you come to my house, there's just like a the the swimming pool, the kiddie pool I have for Joey is just full of beetles. Like I just have, <laughs> sorry, sorry, pup. There's no swimming this week. We got to fill the pool with lady beetles. Joey is your your dog, Joey right? is my dog. T- yeah. To to clarify, you're not making your son go in the pool with no with ladybugs. Um, yeah, no, it's just yeah, it's my dog's my dog's pool that he needed very much. <laughs> apparently, in the hot days, we were just talking about. All right, next up is parasitic wasps. So the biggest benefit we have is they parasitize armyworm, and I did see some of that this year. With uh, we had some armyworm in corn as well as in wheat. And as I was scouting some of the wheat, I did find a few that were parasitized um, and shortens their lifespan and the damage that they can do. So lays its eggs on a host, and then the eggs hatch, and it's a little gruesome. So It's a way to go, huh? The I, I, I was reading on this more, and I didn't realize. So they actually target non-essential parts of the body first. So that the host will stay, stay alive, alive while they're eating it. <laughs> wow! So it's nature is amazing, yeah, that but that's pretty uh, amazing, actually. To yeah, so I thought that was interesting. Wow! These bugs are are stone oh, cold these killers. Are so <laughs> cold, yeah. Yeah. These are like these are like the Navy SEALs of bugs. Yeah. So yeah, so that that's the biggest benefit we see in agriculture is um, they they will attack other types of worms too, but. Uh, army worm being a, a prominent pest. So thank you, parasitic wasps, you psychotic little bugs. <laughs> we, have a, we have another species, Max, for your for Yeah, your I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a, a lady lady beetle and parasitic wasp farm. <laughs> now this this next one sounds cool, 
The, yeah, it does. The minute pirate bug. Um, minute pirate? Minute, yes. minute pirate. Minute, the minute pirate, yes. And why they're beneficial is they eat spider mites, thrips, and white flies. So soybean crops um, in dry years, something we haven't seen for a while. Um, but you, in dry times, you can get those spider mites, and they will actually consume the spider mites. So it's kind of cool to, to have them there when you see those issues. The minute pirate bug. Yep, they're awesome. And they're 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 cool looking too. Uh, that's another one that I would definitely look up. I th- I think they're cool looking. I think the name really fits when you look at the look at the bug, you know. Do they have an eye patch or what's the pirate <laughs> eye part patch, from? Eye patch and a peg leg. Wooden leg, yeah. Yes. And they come with a parrot. Um sometimes they have a little hook hand. It's So if you see a field that's just swarming with parrots, it just means you have some minute pirate bugs there and that's all that is. No, they're that the white markings on their back, I guess to me kind of remind me of a Jolly Roger flag. Okay. You know what I'm talking. You know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. the pirate yeah, the skull and crossbones, the yes. pirate flag. Yep. And then finally, pollinators. So they're a general help. They don't. They're not necessarily the predator side of this, uh, but they help provide better quality crops, especially food crops. Um, they're really beneficial in fruits and vegetables, but they can also help forages as well. So having pollinators in your fields is a benefit. We hear a lot about that. You know, don't kill the honeybees with neonicotoids and insecticides um, always want to be careful when you're applying insecticide to a field make sure there's not pollinator habitat or someone's bees that they use for honey near the field so and one other interesting thing about pollinators and these other predatory beneficials is there's been some studies done on using cover crops to attract them so, you know, it's a double-edged sword. We think about cover crops as tr- attracting pests. You know, we've talked about armyworm. They like the moth flights. They like something green early. So if you have a cover crop, you potentially have more of the pest, but it can also attract some of the different beneficials as well. Uh, we've uh, we've talked about it a couple of times with, with our pumpkin patch about having a, a wildflower species. I guess it's technically not a cover crop, but planting a wildflower mix around the edge of the the um, patch to help attract more more especially bees to to bring in and help us pollinate. And I guess I guess we're starting to see that these uh, pollinator habitats are starting to pop up on some of our farms here and there. I'm seeing a couple acres, and I don't know. Is there a, have we noticed a a difference or is it just nice to know that we're doing what we can to help protect those beneficials? I've seen more too of the butterfly yep you know habitats and that and I, I think I've seen an increase in amount. I don't know that it'd be hard to actually quantify that, but I, I do feel like they've helped. I feel like I've seen more monarch butterflies lately and I know in our area there was a couple of farms that took the initiative to plant um milkweed. And yeah. I it seems like I remember I see more now than I remember seeing when I was a kid. So to me, it, it must have some some beneficial effect. And it is good as we take more fence lines out of fields. Um, you know, and a lot of times fence lines, they do harbor a lot of these insects and help. But in general, if it's just brushy weeds and trees, that's not necessarily good either. But if we can put back then some pollinator habitats, that's really good. So, so I shared with you guys a study I found from University of Connecticut on IPM and using cover crops to attract beneficials. And there's a chart a little ways down, probably about halfway down the the page I shared. So buckwheat as a cover crop can attract lady beetles, parasitic wasps, 
hoverflies and lace wings, clovers. So a lot of times we'll see clover in our alfalfa fields. That also attracts parasitic wasp, lady beetle, um, and the minute pirate bug. So having clover can help attract those beneficials. Hairy vetch, lady beetles, parasitic wasp, and minute pirate bugs also like that. And um, cereals in general attract lady beetles, so help keep down the aphid populations there. Unintentionally, one year, had a farm that didn't get a field planted, and it grew up in mustard, like legitimate, like it would, the whole field was yellow. And he asked me to go out and just, hey, go take a look at that because I want to know when to spray, get rid of everything. And we, I got out there, and the field was, I just didn't think nothing of it. I got to the field edge, and it was buzzing, like legitimately field was buzzing. And I stopped, and I looked, you know, you just stop. And you kind of survey everything, and the mustard had attracted so many bees. There was billions, trillions of bees out there. So, I would imagine we, you know, sometimes we'll throw mustard too in a cover crop or a radish type mm-hmm. brassica. So, not on your list there, Matt, but I would think. Yeah, no, there's definitely more. Gonna... This was just this particular study um, looking at these predators. But yeah, pollinators like anything with a flower, basically. So. Look, look at how many look at how many more bees you get in a hayfield that's. Uh, overripe that's got uh blossoms everywhere i mean the you can hear or you can really tell that that week in between when all those flowers comes out how many more bees are in that hay field so it it i mean a flower makes a huge difference and another benefit to that too is having those extra cover crops either around or you know it gives them something to eat before they eat your crop for the pests so if you're attracting beneficials and giving an alternative food source to the pest that can help your crops. So, do you see in that study they there was a Wisconsin grower? So it was a Yukon study, but then they cited this Wisconsin grower, and he said that he plants twenty percent of his acreage devoted to beneficial habitats. So it's like I don't know if that means within the, or if he had certain areas that he would just grow for to attract the beneficials. Sure. Yeah, at the um, no-till conference. In St. Louis this winter, there was a presentation on um, covers and pest control and actually for interseeding, you know, picking these types of varieties so that you get the beneficials. That way, if there is an increase in the pest population, you're mitigating that by having a higher beneficial population. So, all right. Thank you, beneficial insects. As you're out there scouting and... Salute is over. Looking at your fields, remember to look for not just the pest insects, but the beneficials as well. Now we'll move into our spotlight for today. So today we're going to look at a new strategic alliance between Microsoft and Land O'Lakes. So they've announced a multi-year strategic alliance to pioneer new innovations in agriculture and enhance the supply chain, sustainability practices for farmers and the food system, and hopefully close the rural broadband gap. So, as one of the nation's largest farmer-owned cooperatives, Land O'Lakes is deeply connected to rural America and has a unique understanding of farmers' needs, as they're hoping using Microsoft's cloud technology. So, I'm guessing the broadband's on the the higher end of that list so they can get connected to the cloud. 
and AI capabilities. They're hoping they will deliver solutions to farmers to help profit potential and help adopt sustainable ag practices. So $130 billion is the number they quote as farm contributions to the economy. So we're not talking about a small sector. We're, we've got quite a bit of money that runs through agriculture. Surprising to see these two team up. You know, that's not who you'd expect right. to, to be teaming up. So that's cool that they're both are reaching out to kind of work together and, and do some good stuff for ag. I think we've seen technology, you know, moving to the cloud more and more in, in agriculture. So it makes sense to to have a partnership like this where, you know, Microsoft is pretty big in the cloud space. Between climate and all the other programs we have, Operation Center, where they're just moving all your data for you into a server. So It's amazing how, ma- how many times you're on a farmyard and you ask a question about a field and farmer's got his phone in his hand and just pops it right up whether it's operation center climate and just oh yep here's what we did and it's all right there at their it's in the cloud, in the cloud. <laughs> nobody understands the cloud there's no clouds today how can it be in the cloud <laughs> but getting broadbanded those rural places we all find those nooks and crannies that don't have what we need so i know exactly where they are <laughs> yeah it's not hard to find so that's really important. I wouldn't call them nooks and crannies. They're more, they're larger than that. Uh, cr- cr- craters and counties? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. So there's our spotlight for today. Now let's move into our egg history minute. Gotta love the banjo. All right. Since we've been talking about beneficial insects... We're going to talk about predatory pest control. So in 1888, USDA scientists had major success using predatory insect control to control an agricultural pest that was ruining California's citrus industry. The Vidalia bug, or beetle, was brought into California to control the cottony cushion scale insect. The outstanding success of this project led to more research and efforts using predator insects. So there you go. Early IPM as early as the 1880s. It's pretty pretty forward thinking of them back then. I do like the cottony cushion scale. That's a pretty fun <laughs> name. Yeah, when you think about it, you know, chemicals wasn't really even nope. a thought in that time period, so you had to use nature to fight nature. So nature on nature. All right, if you like what you're hearing, please go to NAICC.org, the National Alliance of Independent Crop Consultants, and there you can find a crop consultant in your area. And please show another farmer how to listen to a podcast. So um, show him how to subscribe. I did it with a farmer last week, put it on his phone. Um, It's quite easy. Just download the app for him and then subscribe to our podcast and others. And then all they got to do is hit, you know, refresh, and they all pop up for them. So please do that. Matt, how can they follow us? All right. So if you like what you're hearing, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tilth Talk Radio is what you would search, and you'll find us. Don't forget to follow us to keep up on new episodes. And hopefully, even if you don't like us, you like podcasts. But like us, we'll please. grow on you. Yeah, we're like a fine wine. We get better with time. A cheese. 
Aged cheese. Aged cheese, yeah. Nice aged cheddar. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm twenty twenty three year old chunk cheddar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we'll move into cool beans, and that's corny. So cool beans? Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. So our cool beans for this week is is it Zotus or Zetus? Zoetus. Zoetus. Zetus. Zoetus. All right. Petitions to make foot and mouth vaccine in the U.S. So they are the largest producer of animal medicines and vaccines, and they are looking for permission to produce in the continental United States a vaccine for foot and mouth disease, which is something we've seen, I think, you know, pop up from time to time. I remember back in the early 2000s, we had some some big issues with it. So as a safeguard, uh, USDA bars importation of livestock or meat from regions where the disease exists. So we don't want it to propagate, so having the vaccine, I think, would be a good good way to help prevent that. Matt Zoetis was called Pfizer a handful of years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I've seen the Just like... Uh, oh, is the it P- PF? Pfizer, Pfizer yeah. P- Pfizer. P- Pfizer. Yeah, just like the uh, rest of the chemical industry that's changed its name a billion times, this one as well. Is, uh, can AstraZeneca help? <laughs> God. <laughs> Sorry, I know. We've been getting, we've been getting deep in the uh, medical commercials lately. Yeah. Uh, well, there's been a lot of talk about medical uh, conditions lately. All, so. Also correct. There's, there is some rhyme to that reason. All right, and now into our That's Corny for this week, something we've touched on before in this podcast. Burger King tells a whopper. <laughs> so Burger King, I don't know if you guys have seen the new commercial. I I happened. I to didn't see hear it. the. I didn't see the commercial. I heard it on the news though. The the, the story about it. Yeah. So there was a commercial uh, just the other day that I I happened to see before I saw this article even. And um, so Burger King is advertising lemongrass as a eco friendly way to reduce. Carbon emissions from your cows. Oh, do I got to eat the lemongrass? No, no the cow. Okay. You're supposed to feed I don't your cows. It. It's cow. not in my Whopper. The lemongrass. Well, it's, it is because okay. it's in the cow that make. Got well, it. is there beef in a Whopper? <laughs> so their new, so, the new eco-friendly Whopper is what Burger King is sure. advertising. It says cattle are responsible for roughly 14.5 percent of global greenhouse ga- greenhouse gas emissions, which has uh, been found to be a questionable number at best. So what Burger King is trying to say is that if you feed your cows lemongrass, it will reduce their flatulence. Flatulence, but uh, in this article, there is argument over that particular statement as well. Uh, there's two studies that were conducted on lemongrass: one at UC Davis. And that was inconclusive. The second one was done in Mexico. (laughs) And their research has not been published, meaning it wasn't peer-reviewed. So it can't really even say it was an official study yet. (laughs) So promoting it is a little premature. So they've gone... Can you say marketing? Oh, exactly. In the commercial, too, they're like dancing between these cows, like bobbing their heads. And then they have what I'm assuming is lemongrass, but it's... Like a cardboard-looking grass thing. Are they hand-feeding it to the cows? The, like the guy's like throwing it to the cows as he's skipping between... Yeah, That's just, exactly how cows are fed. Yeah. <laughs> that makes total sense. Uh, we actually filmed that on my back 40, so... Yep. 
That's how I feed my cows every day. You skip around the yard. Yeah. This, like, you for, guys tease me about skipping with like my butterfly rice. net. Now yeah. that's, that's how they're feeding cows. It's like rice at a wedding. Just yeah. flail yep. it out there. That's how you feed your cows. Okay, for reference, I do not have cows nor a back 40. If I did, I would not be skipping between them, feeding them lemongrass. But to each, to each their own, it takes all kinds of kinds, right? So what you're saying, Matt, is Burger King is finding a way to alienate the farming community. Yet again. With the Impossible Whopper, whatever it was called, and now, yep, now the we're, lemongrass Whopper. Now the eco-friendly Whopper, where just feed them this one type of grass and that. Do they, the, the can problems. they only eat lemongrass? I don't. Like, did it say? How I much don't think it went into that they, much. We need, we need to get like a how much lemongrass do we got? Can we grow lemongrass around here? So we should definitely try it. I did hundred grams of lemongrass. We'll cut. Oh, okay. It was supposedly cut. So burgers made from cattle that have been fed a diet with hundred grams. I don't know if that's per day. There's not really a number on that. Just hundred grams of lemongrass in the diet. So I'm guessing per day. Ingredient the company says will cut methane emissions by thirty three percent, which so a third basically of that is a big number. It's a big number, but obviously true. But if the studies aren't there, they're claiming it's more eco friendly when we don't even know if lemongrass actually cuts methane. So that seems to be the bigger issue here. A local, a local nutritionist who is very. Um, experimental and will feed almost anything i noticed the other day said he has never fed lemongrass nor does he know if he we can really grow it so we'll we'll see yeah todd so you typing do you find is lemongrass grow around i couldn't find if it does no it looked quite tropical i see one comment here that it can only be grown in mexico yeah (laughs) i'm just i'm just that's what this one comment on the the article says that would explain why the one study was in mexico Mexico. well and and what'd you say uc davis yeah, right. so, so California, California. so different climate. Yeah, so maybe, but not, but not terribly far from Mexico compared to us. Right. So our our whopper is going to get more expensive because we got to bring in Mexican lemongrass. Yep. Okay. Um. So great. I'll have a Big Mac, please. <laughs> There's questions on that too, but I want my fast food to be honest. And healthy. You want your butter burger. <laughs> you want your butter burger, yeah, not yeah, your I Big do Mac. Want, oh, I had a. I went to Five Guys yesterday for a burger. <laughs> I enjoy that every time. That is a good. But I still think a butter burger is better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like me a butter burger. I basically tried to recreate a butter burger at Five Guys, like the same. I recreated the Culver's Bacon Deluxe, obviously, <laughs> um, and it just wasn't the same. All right. Ready to do the GDU update? Ready. You found it. Hey, you found another reggaeton horn. That one was... There we go. I think that one you probably heard a little better than the first one. All right. So first we'll stop at Crivets to the north. And to date, they are at 1,015. I forgot to type in the normal. But they are 65 above normal, so about 950 would be normal. For them, and next fourteen day forecast is to be up to thirteen forty four for GDUs. You know, we didn't. What we haven't done on this is go che- back fourteen days to check see that, what to see. they. I think it has been less than their forecast. Their I think forecast. their forecast has been a bit high. A little bit high. Because I feel like it's been in the like twelve hundred range for all these, and we're not even there. 
So, all right. Seymour, where we are located to date, is 1,133. Our normal is 1,061, so we are 72 GDUs above normal. And next 14-day forecast is 1,477. And finally, down in Sun Prairie, where Bill used to be located, Yep, we have to date 1,290 for GDUs. Normal is 1,150. They are 140. They're rolling. So the first triple digit above normal I think we've seen. Yep. And they are expected in the next 14 days to get to 1636. If I remember right, like three weeks ago, we were in the negatives, weren't we? Correct. Yeah, about that, yeah. About three, four weeks ago doing this. Before we hit this, these they 90 were degree days. Two weeks ago, they were eight below. So they were minus eight. And then eight, going back. Eight below in June? Eight below. Um, yeah, so eight under and going back they've been about so right now it two weeks ago it was projected we'd be at 1170 in seymour and we're at 1130 so they were 40 off okay. so for a 14 day forecast that ain't the worst no that's not terrible i mean you're just yeah for how bad the weather people seem to be that's that's okay <laughs> whoa watch the pete petoniac <laughs> no, slander no. todd I hey there might be weather people listening it's not a yeah, yeah. Wait, they could come on any time. to alienate our audience, Todd. No, I, I like the weather people. I'm just saying that would be a tough job. Just remember, Bill DeCastro is a saint. I, I like just Bill remember, DeCastro. George Graff has said he's the predictor of the weather. He is not the weather. Yes. So he predicts. There's a, there's a margin of error there in prediction. All right. So who, so what what do you guys? Who's your who's your station? I mean, really, where where's what's your go to for weather? Mine mine is always Fox 11. They. They were always, when I was a kid, I couldn't wear shorts unless it was 60 degrees, and they were always like two degrees warmer than everybody else, <laughs> so I always made sure that was on. Yeah, I would, most of the time I would say it's probably Fox 11, uh, intermixed with the Channel 2 weather oh, channel oh, the, that's on the, the, TV. the The constant. Oh, the 2.2. The, oh, the, the weather loop. The 2.2, yeah. 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 that's good. Dude, I ran that in the office all winter. Oh, like, yeah, I, was, was, I was all about it. That was great. I feel like I jump back and forth. Like for sports, I want Channel Two because I like those guys. For weather, I'm in your boat, Fox Eleven. Yeah. I Pete Petoniak, man. Pete Petoniak in the morning, just oh Phil DeCastro. He's and Phil DeCastro oh, at night is good too. Yeah, he's he's rocking it. Yeah. What's really nice is I feel like I've grown with the station because I remember when Phil DeCastro was just like a, a um, not a beat reporter, but you know when he would get sent out on those odd like yep. We're going to report on the Mayfly hatch this year. Like, any, you know, any station that has like a storm cruiser SUV thing and is driving when they have this, when you shouldn't Fox be. Fox 11 storm, storm chaser. chaser. Storm chaser. I mean, that's, there's, you know, there's they're, a couple of times where I've seen them in there or like they, they, you watch the feed and you just, you can see the fear on their face a little bit where they're just like, yeah, it's getting kind of bad out here. And you, you should not be on the roads. I, I'm on the roads, but don't, don't come out here, please. It's okay. We've got this four wheel drive SUV. Like so, we're okay. But I have a driver. I'm not driving while I'm yeah, telling be, you the news. Let's be clear here. It's a 2010 Ford Escape. They're yeah. not. They're they're not running a Humvee. Seeing that thing in the ditch would be great. <laughs> I, oh, I that would I, just be so great. I would also like to just one time hear like, yeah, I am fully clenched. This is not great. <laughs> I don't want to be out here. But but they're making me. But I told it's this or find some other work. So. I want the Here weather. we are. I think it'd be fun for just for reference. I think it'd be fun to ride around. I mean, we basically ride around the storm chaser a lot of days. Like, there's a lot of days where we're driving like between fields, and these storms come up, and you're just like, 
Yeah, okay. Well, on snowy days, you think they're taking that storm chaser to go pick up Pete Batoniak in the morning? Like, no, hey, dude. Pete's it's, like, ah, it's a little snowy. I ain't, I ain't Pete, making it in. Pete, oh, we'll bring out the storm chaser. Pete definitely, we'll, we'll like, well, if he has to, he'll walk to work with snowshoes on. Like, I believe <laughs> in him. They, they have that, um, oh, Steve Balon. That's the guy that gets, oh, who's really you, exciting yeah. in yeah. the morning. He's, like, way too happy for yeah, 4 a.m. You're like, whoa, that guy, tone, yeah, tone it down. That guy would snowshoe it in, I bet. Yeah. I could see him with, like, poles, you know, just to... Just Hiking poles, snowshoes. Let's see, Fox Eleven has has that Packer house now, so they can just go. Well, they've got a like, Packer oh yeah, house? yeah, they yeah. They can just go hang out at their Packer yeah, party house, it? the Fox Eleven <laughs> clubhouse. Sleep overnight when it's going to be bad weather. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think they probably, if it's really bad weather, I think they probably sleep at the station. station? Yeah, like oh, if yeah. it's well, well and they do got to go in at a stupid early time. Like I think they go in at like twelve a.m. to get. The yeah. forecast ready for the, you know, like it's if not. If Pete's coming in during a tornado, like when he's, oh, yeah. he's not, not supposed to be at work and he comes in special, I think he's coming Have they had any lizard. major, you know, where they break in with their Viper thing and they're like That's storm dedicated. alert? There, there was this, one. Was there one already this, this okay. year? I'm trying to think. This so, summer. You're That's saying. great. It was when they're showing these little yeah. towns and they're like, Slab City, it's going to be there. Chicago Corners, watch out in five minutes. Cause, oh, I love it when that, yeah, when I they love that like, when that comes yeah. on the radio. Like when they're like, get to cover, homes will be destroyed. That's yeah. the thing it always says. Large like, hail. Why are you so negative? Homes will be destroyed. <laughs> Could be damaged to vehicles or siding. So get I inside. don't like that because my you, kids just don't. That's not good. They don't like that. So they freak out. They, yeah. they freak yeah. out really. Yep. I see. I'm a big. I'm a big storm guy. I like it. Like the harder we get hit, the more excited I get. <laughs> own some own some buildings, then you won't be until the next morning that. when my dad's like, "You're coming over on chainsaw today, or what?" Yeah, and I'm like, "Ah, that was fun while it lasted." All right, that'll do it for today. So thanks for being here, guys. Hey, thanks for having us, Matt. Thanks, Matt. So today we talked about beneficial insects. In our spotlight, we looked at a partnership forming between Land Lakes and Microsoft. Egg history minute: We talked about predatory pest control. Cool beans, that's corny. We talked about a potential foot and mouth vaccine and Burger King and their new quote-unquote eco-friendly Whopper. So, as always, thanks for listening and happy farming.